Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Bloom and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Davis. Welcome to Bloom and Tell, where we celebrate beauty, honor femininity, and getting creative is a daily necessity instead of a luxury. So join me, grab a cup of tea, head out into the garden, take a deep breath in, relax, and let's slow down. Join me, your host, Nicole, while I share just how I'm blooming where I'm planted and how I'm growing where I need to grow and how you can do so too. When we learn to bloom, let's share with others how they can do so too. Let's bloom and tell. If you listened to the pre-episode, you would have heard me say that this is a podcast where we are going to search out elegance and beauty and take our time to savor it and learn how we can find more of these golden moments throughout our day. And in this particular episode, I'm going to be talking to you all about social media and consumerism, and I'll be giving you five tips that has helped me refine my wardrobe, but still look on brand. Now, you may have heard me say that last word, brand, and think, well, Nicole, I don't want to brand. I don't need a brand. I get that you do content creation, but I don't need to have a personal brand. But if you follow me over on YouTube, and I've kind of sprinkled this into some of my Instagram content as well, you will know that I took Anna Bay's or School of Affluence Secrets of the Elite Woman course in early 2021. And one of the things that she says in that program is, Even if you aren't a content creator, celebrity, or anybody that would typically need a brand, everybody has a personal brand and everybody should need a personal brand because the way that you show up is how people start to think about you. The way that you show up, people are already telling a story about you. Now, We don't like to think that we live in a world where you are being judged off of the way that you look, but think of it this way. If you went into a restaurant, right, and you ordered a plate of food, and this food came out, and it was just slapped onto the plate, there was no rhyme or reason, it literally looked like a plate of gruel. Would you want to pay a million dollars for that? Would you think that, oh yes, this was a very pleasurable experience? Or would you be like, oh my gosh, please sir, can I have some more? Like you'd be thinking that this is just like a low quality experience. And what I have found is, is that when I show up in the world with a little bit of a more careless personal brand like that, I maybe look a little bit disheveled, I don't look put together, I'm giving people that same experience. And Let's give another quick example. How about when, think of this, remember the days when we used to go into the bank and we would have to see a teller? And say there's three tellers and you're in the lineup, you're in the queue, and you see three tellers in front of you. Perhaps one is way older, maybe they're about 100 years old, and you're like, oh please, Lord, don't let me get this person, right? And then the next teller, maybe they are somebody, you can hear them speaking and they are speaking in a different language and a different dialect to what you're speaking in. And you're like, please, Lord, please. This person is probably really good at their job, but I'm in a little bit of a hurry today and I can see that there's a language barrier and maybe they're not going to understand where I'm coming from. And so I wish I could see somebody else. And then the third person, you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, this person looks exactly like me. 
I can hear them talking. They're using the same words as me. They style their hair like me. They're dressed like me. I think they're going to really understand where I'm coming from. Now, perhaps using the analogy of a bank wasn't <laughs> the best analogy, but I hope you can see where I was going with that. Maybe we could have set a hairstylist instead. You walk into the hair salon and you can see three hairstylists there and one looks very old and you think you're going to get a dated haircut. The next one is really alternative or maybe really preppy and prissy and your alternative and you think oh my gosh i don't think that this person's going to be able to give me the haircut that i want and then the last person you see they look exactly like you and you know that that person is going to give you exactly what you want because you can tell that they just understand where you're coming from that is how people assess us People are always assessing us. And I'm using the word assess quite deliberately because some people get funny about the word judge when really at the end of the day, we have to understand that people are judging or if you rather say assessing, people are assessing us always. And I think people like sometimes get caught up in the idea of fashion and style and think it's quite frivolous. But when you realize that fashion and style and clothing can be such a tool to really send out a message that you want out into the world, you can see that this is something that you can use to your advantage. And essentially, that is where I got to in my business as a fashion blogger and just as a, as a human being trying to excel and expand on life. So in the last episode, I told you a little bit about myself, a little bit about what I do, but very briefly here, long story short, I had a government job. Then I went back to school and became a beautician, primarily a hairstylist. What I didn't mention in that episode, one of the things that made me change careers was I got arthritis in my sciatic joints and my lower back. And so when that happened, I started doing eyelash extensions because it allowed me to sit down and just be a little bit kinder to my back. And then I decided to move over to the UK. And when I moved over to the UK, I didn't want to start working in the beauty industry because I didn't want to move over here and then just be kind of tied to my to my clients because I came over here for an experience. I didn't come here to feel chained to clients. And often when you work in the beauty industry, you it's very hard your schedule gets booked up and you know you don't get weekends to yourself because that's usually when people can come and see you the most and so that's just not the lifestyle that I moved to the other side of the world for and so when I moved over to the UK I got a job uh, working for not the NHS but a company that kind of works alongside the NHS and I worked there for six months and during that six months I started working as a content creator as well Now, in that last episode, I told you a little bit about how working as an influencer at the very beginning of influencers really being a thing, it was kind of like the wild, wild west. And back in Canada, I found it was a lot harder to get paid work. Whereas over here in the UK, I found it a lot easier because I feel like even your average hair salon will have a marketing budget or a PR company or a social media manager. And so I felt like there was just more advertising budget to go around. And essentially, influencers, content creators, bloggers, they are just advertising. They're digital advertising. That's all that it is. And so when I moved over after that six months, I had tripled my income 
that I was making in this NHS related job. And at that point, I decided, you know what, I'm actually losing money by staying here. So I'm going to take the plunge and just start working for myself. And that's how I I ended up working as a full time fashion blogger. Now, in that last episode, I did tell you that I just (laughs) deleted almost all of my followers because I just realized that I've built my business in a very unstable way. Equally, I built a business based off of someone I didn't even know I was. And now that I know who I am, I know how I want to show up. I know the message that I want to send out into the world. I realized my audience wasn't aligned with that. And I know how to grow an audience. I know how to create a community. I know how to create content. So although my income and my opportunities have taken a hit for this time being, I know that it will be no time before they are back and better than what they were before. Now, the reason I bring that up to you is is that one of the biggest parts of being a content creator is you're going to get PR sent out to you. And PR just basically means press products. And so they're sent out to you as PR and they are hoping that you will feature it on your social media. Now, some businesses will make you sign a contract saying that you have to showcase this free product on your social media and other companies send it out to you as a gift. And I'm putting gift in air quotations here so that you can They send it out to you as a gift because they can't officially tell you to post it because if they officially tell you to post it, that's when a content creator has the leverage to say, well, if you want me to post it with these parameters on this date, you then have to pay me because this is now a brief and a job and this isn't something that equates to me giving you free promotion for. So that will differ depending on where you are in the world. Um, I think in America, they can, a lot of content creators I've heard, they will sign contracts for free product. Whereas here in the UK, it doesn't work like that. So I bring all of that up to basically tell you where I was at and why I have started to make a change when it comes to fashion and the things that I'm wearing. Now, even though I was getting a lot of PR sent out to me in the pandemic, that started to change. Businesses were reflecting on how they were doing business and especially when consumers changed. People weren't going out to buy a million and one outfits because they were all staying home. And during that time, I had to sit back and say to myself, well, now that PR isn't being sent to me as much, I'm not going out and shopping. And so how do I go back to being a content creator that is constantly pushing out new product when when that product isn't being sent out to me? I'm not even consuming in that way. And so I realized that I was on a constant consumerism train. Like that's what I was advertising, even though I actually did not live my life like that. And it made me feel very inauthentic. And it was like one of those things where when you see it, you can't unsee it. And I then started to notice like a lot of the items that I was promoting, they were poorly made. they were so trendy that they quickly looked outdated. And yeah, I just, I really started to feel inauthentic because if these items weren't sent to me, I wasn't buying that much. And so over the course of the pandemic, I started really refining 
well, what do I add into my wardrobe? And that's where I came across a book, a series, a content creator, and her name is Jennifer L. Scott, and she has three books. It's called the Madame Chic series, where in one book, she talks about her experience in France because she's American and she went and lived in France. In the next book, she talks about how we can harness and cultivate our poise. And I did a full YouTube series kind of diving in deep to that book. And then her last book is about how we can be more chic at home. And in that series, Jennifer talks about incorporating something called a 10 item wardrobe, because when she was living over in France, she saw that the family that she was living with, they didn't have a ton of clothes, but they always looked chic. They always looked polished and they wore those items for a season. And then when those items were worn out or if they were worn out, they would then get put away for that season and then they would go buy new items for the next season if necessary. So back in summer of 2021, I did my first kind of trial run of the 10 item wardrobe and then I did a semi trial run in autumn 2021 and then winter 2022 I actually went in hard and I did it and as I sit here recording this podcast it's March 18th and I believe spring technically starts on March 20th so I'm starting to look at the items that I'm going to be incorporating into my spring 2022 wardrobe now you might be saying to yourself "Ooh, 10 items like 10 items for a whole season how can I make that work like that sounds like too little Now, Jennifer does say in her books that you can change the number. So maybe 14 item wardrobe works a little bit better for you. But the thing is, is that when you have staples in your wardrobe, you won't need to constantly be buying staples. And so those 10 items that you buy new, they might be able to be mixed and matched with items from previous seasons. Does that make sense? So as you go on from season to season, and you keep on adding in new items to your 10 item wardrobe, you'll find that you might not need new trousers. You might not need new skirts, but you more so need new tops. Now that's kind of where I'm at. I have quite a few bottoms, but I definitely need to invest in more tops this season because I did feel a little bit restricted with the items that I had in my 10 item winter wardrobe. Now that's giving you a quick brief overview of who I am, what I do, and why I've changed. And I think if you are somebody that are looking to buy better things, not more things, I think you could resonate a little bit with that. And I'm sure you've had your own journey of how you got to that place because it's not the norm to buy less things. We live in a day and age where people were constantly buying more. We want the next thing. And so I'm going to tell you five tips that I have really honed in on that has allowed me to refine my personal brand. So tip number one is to find an aesthetic that works for you. Again, I feel like people hear the word aesthetic and they think, well, I'm not a fashion blogger (laughs) or I'm not a blogger in general. And aesthetic just means a personal style that works for you. This is why I personally have started to lean into more classic and timeless styles because I realize the more classic and timeless I go means 
the longer I can wear these items for without it looking dated. And I mean, again, this isn't revolutionary, but I feel like it's so simple and it's so basic that people overlook it. Think of it, I love giving this analogy. You know, in The Karate Kid where Daniel Sansan, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, I think his name is, he teaches him to wax on and wax off. And Daniel-san, he thinks, I didn't come here to learn how to wax the car. I came here to learn karate. But then later in the movie, he sees that by learning to wax a car, he learned some of the basic karate moves that he needed to learn to learn karate. And I think that there's so many life lessons like this is that the most basic thing is often the thing that we don't end up doing because it is so elementary, it's so basic that we don't we don't continue it. And really, that's the secret. And so for me personally, I have found that just incorporating timeless and classic pieces, not only can I then go shop vintage or you know, I can have hand-me-downs from my aunts who have classic and timeless styles and they've got Chanel blazers and and things that are very high value and classy, but maybe there's something that I can't afford right now, but those can be passed down to me because they have a classic and a timeless style. I said earlier that everyone needs a personal brand regardless of if you are an influencer or not. And as I mentioned, this is something that I learned in Anna Bay's program, Secrets of the Elite Woman. She really does champion people to look at themselves in the, I wanna say the harshest way. And I mean that in the most loving way. But she really doesn't sugarcoat things because I think we also live in a day and age where people want to say, oh, it matters what is on the inside. And as much as it does matter what's on the inside, we do also have to look and reflect on what is going on on the outside. And she does kind of talk about those really superficial things that people often kind of pass off like they don't matter when in fact they actually do. So tip number two is to buy separates that you can mix and match. So what do I mean by that? So one of the reasons I feel a little bit restricted in my 10 item wardrobe for winter is I bought a couple dresses and dresses are great, but you don't really feel like you can make that many combinations of outfits because it's just a dress. So maybe perhaps I could get away with this a little bit more in autumn because I could put a sweater over a dress and then give it a different vibe. But when you buy separate When you buy separates, you can mix and match and get so many more combinations out of your wardrobe that makes you feel like you have a lot more in your wardrobe. Tip number three is to buy higher quality items that will last you longer. In this last 10 item wardrobe, I did invest in higher quality pieces. Some of them are still like high quality, but still high street items like Karen Millen. I do find a lot of Karen Millen products are made with a lot more quality than say your top shops or your new looks or monkey and things like that and i also did invest in some cashmere in this 10 item wardrobe and let me tell you something cashmere feels like a dream on your bare skin if you can invest in cashmere I know people have been saying this from the dawn of time, but if you can invest in cashmere, you won't regret it. It will feel so nice. The only thing that I will say with cashmere is it does tend to bobble. So you will want to make sure that you have a deep bobbler so you can ensure that the sweater that you're investing in 
or cardigan or jumper, whatever you want to call it, still continues to look fresh over time. But really, when you're looking at buying items that are going to be of a higher quality, you're essentially just going to want to look for items that have more natural fibers in it. So your linens, your wools, your cashmeres, etc. Tip number four is to buy your items with a specific color palette in mind. This is what makes it easy to mix and match your separates. So think of it this way. Often in winter, we might wear darker colors. In the spring, we might wear more light colors and pastels. In summer, we tend to go a little bit bolder and a little bit brighter. And then in autumn, we tend to go with rich browns and reds and caramels. When you have a specific color palette in mind, it allows you to mix and match these items and everything is cohesive with one another. So for me personally, as I go into my spring 10 item wardrobe i'm going to be buying some lighter trousers i'm going to be buying some pastel tops i'm going to buy a lighter color skirt because i know that all of these items will pair with one another and my last tip tip number five is to unfollow people who don't align with your personal brand or style i know this sounds really harsh but hear me out this is another thing that I have been loving from Anna Bay, and I've also been loving from another podcast host, Erica Vieira. Erica has a podcast all about YouTube and growing your YouTube audience. And one of the things that Erica has talked about for years is pretty bias. And it's another awkward topic that a lot of people don't like to admit. I think people don't like to admit it because we don't want to think that we live in such a superficial world, but unfortunately we do. And I definitely noticed this with myself is that sometimes I was following people merely because I found them attractive and we can find people beautiful and attractive, even if they're our same sex, that doesn't have to be a sexualized thing. We can find people pretty we can find people attractive and often we gravitate towards people that are more attractive and are beautiful and i noticed that for me personally i was following people that didn't have a body type like me didn't dress like me didn't have anything like myself and i was being swayed and influenced essentially by these people when really they weren't serving me. I was only getting entertained by their prettiness. And so it sounds something, it sounds a little harsh to unfollow people just because you think that they're pretty. <laughs> and that's not what I'm saying. If you, if you enjoy these people, still continue to follow them. However, do audit yourself and take stock. Like, am I following this person because they're attractive or do I like their style? Do I like their makeup? Am I learning something from them? Can I style myself this way? Because we can gain inspiration from people, but often if these people don't have a similar lifestyle to us, a similar body type to us, they're really just polluting our minds with style inspiration that isn't going to serve us anyways my friends that is it for this first official podcast episode thank you for bearing with me i know i'm gonna get better with it over time you could probably hear i'm a bit of a perfectionist but i'd be so honored if you left me a review 
again, have a little bit of grace with me because I'm still learning. And if you would like to show me the daily beauty that you're discovering, honoring and savoring in your day to day, I'd be so honored if you use the hashtag bloom and tell so I can see what you're up to. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you will join me in episode two.